Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to platinum sponsor Podium and titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk. Whispering Loudly is the workshop whisperer podcast and we're stoked to have Dean Evans joining us today. He's going to talk about the A-grade alliance, how to have a winning partnership in business. Oh, one of the hardest things. Hello, Dean. Hi, Mel. How are you going? On board for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dean, Rachel here. How are you today? Good, thank you. And yourself? Yep, very well. So we've been uh, having a bit of a chat about this topic over the last couple of weeks and we thought it was a great idea to give the listeners out there uh, some insights into what we've discovered makes for a winning partnership in business. So let's, uh, let's kick off. Uh, straight away with uh, just a little uh, background as to why it's so important um, that our auto repair shop owners are aware of the type of partnership that they have. Um, well, I think there's the, the most crucial aspect of, uh, of a business partnership is understanding the impact it has if it's not working. Um, the energy that it takes to, uh, you know, keep the, keep the boat from capsizing, uh, keep everyone on board, everyone on deck. It's just, it's incredibly taxing. And, uh, and I think, you know, from my own personal experience, um, of, uh, you know, where I'd got this wrong previously, um, has meant that, um, you know, those lessons have been really, really painful, but ultimately, quite beautiful in what they've uh, you know, allowed us to build moving forward. But when we talk about, you know, business partnerships, obviously, you know, I think many people listening to this podcast, um, you know, you're running a workshop, you know, with your intimate partner, you know, your, your, your wife, your husband. Uh, so that has a, a massive uh, effect on just every aspect of your life. Right, you know, if there's tension, uh, too much tension at the workplace, you know, something's not working, cash flow problems, uh, low number of cars coming through, that tension, that pressure, eventually it just seeps over into the personal life. You know, problems just they they boil over at home. Um, another partnership, uh, you might be in there with a family member. You know, maybe it's a brother, brother-in-law, sister, sister-in-law. Uh, again, uh, you know, equal kind of um, tension that can come out there. Uh, and of course, then we've got business partnerships. So, you know, you've got um, complementary sets of skills. Uh, you've decided to go into business together. Um, you know, that's another uh, another partnership or alliance that's equally important to uh, to consider. And then finally, it's a silent partnership. You might be running the workshop, but there might be other people that are investors, directors, whatever. Uh, you know, they've got no uh, mechanical knowledge per se. Um, uh, perhaps they've got no, you know, business acumen, but they're, um, uh, you know, they are um, investing something into the business, and obviously they want to see a return. So they're the four types of of alliances of partnerships that we're really talking to when we talk about the A Grade Alliance. Take a smoke out and review us on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen. Okay, so. We've kind of nutted out that there's uh, six features uh, of an A-grade alliance. Uh, what's the first one? Well, the first one is you can only have one CEO. Um, uh, I remember this many years ago uh, when I was sitting there talking with uh, my former accountant and and they said quite clearly, said, you know, look around at every successful business. Not one of them has two CEOs. You know, whether you want the analogy of driving a car, there's only one seat behind the driver's wheel. You know, only one person ultimately can be 
in charge, you know, accepting full responsibility for the direction of your auto repair shop. Um, if too many people are chiming in, uh, you know, too many cooks spoil the broth, all that, all those sayings, they're sayings because they're true. So someone has to be assigned to and someone has to accept the role of the chief executive officer, you know, that person who has the final power of veto, decision-making uh, responsibility for what's going to get done in the business. Otherwise, it all falls apart. People will defer uh, direction and defer responsibility and nothing happens. So number one, you can only have one CEO. And I imagine that if one person's going to step into the CEO role, that means that you'd need to really clearly define uh, what that role looks like and the responsibilities for that role so that you can then define uh, what the other partner's role is. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about um, you know um, job descriptions, position descriptions, roles and responsibilities all the time. Absolutely. Um, and just because we've got one person with ultimate decision-making power, it does not mean that they micromanage every other aspect of the business. They have very, very clear areas of the business that, that, that they are responsible for. Um, but again, it all comes down to uh, you know, clear communication, clear uh, uh, you know chain of command, so that whoever does assume uh, you know the role of CEO in their auto repair shop, again, it's very very clear on what their role is and uh, where their responsibilities lay. You're 100 percent right. Okay, so what's number two? Well, this is really really interesting because now we're sort of getting um, you know uh, we're starting to get away from uh, you know the operational aspect of the business, and this is very much into the psychological aspect. So. Point number two of an A-grade alliance is you've got to be really, really clear on what each partner's limiting beliefs are. When I say limiting belief, think of um, a, you know, a straight jacket or a glass ceiling. You know, it's something that is just a struggle to get out of. And uh, you know, the best example I can give you, um, you know, if, if one person in an alliance is, you know, has got a really, really strong view of the kind of trajectory, the kind of growth, the kind of direction they want to take the business in, but the other partner just doesn't think that's possible for the business, you know, or they're afraid of um, taking the risks that are required to grow your business. Well, they are competing beliefs. If one person thinks it can happen, if the other person thinks it can't happen, then it just becomes your quintessential dogfight. So, each individual within the alliance needs to do some work on their own belief system. You know what they believe is, you know, what they believe the auto repair shop is realistically capable of achieving over a set period of time. And they're uncomfortable conversations because our beliefs are hardwired into us from a very, very early age. It has a lot to do with our our social and emotional conditioning. So it is really peeling back many, many layers of, uh, of an onion that is going to be met with tears. So there is just no way around it. But it's, it's, it's imperative that each person does work on, uh, on you know, removing as many or really you know, uncovering and removing as many of the limiting beliefs they have around what is truly possible um, you know, for themselves their family, their business, their lifestyle, even their financial position. Want to find out how the Workshop Whisperer team can put your auto repair shop on the path to business success? Head to www.workshopwhisperer.com slash whisperingloudly to claim your free workshop success session with the team. The third insight into uh, what makes an A-grade alliance is really going to put the the cat amongst the pigeons. Um, we've called it buy-in or butt-out. Yeah, buy-in or butt-out. 
it's simple. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Um, it's simple that, that, you know, anyone attached to your auto repair shop has to buy in 100%, unequivocally buy in to doing all they can for the future health, the future success of that workshop. If they do not want to buy in 100%, i.e. they want to have a foot in and a foot out, and you might hear this kind of you know, comment, oh, it's your workshop, it's your dream, um, you know, it's your goal, it's your passion. If there's a, a partner in the alliance that's saying that kind of stuff, then here it is straight up, straight between the eyes. If you're not going to buy in 100% of the workshop, then butt out. Actually get out. Go and find your goal, your dream, your passion, your vision, because by hedging your bets, being a foot in, a foot out, you're actually slowing down the progress for every single person. And I know that might, uh, you know, some people might be um, uh, thinking, you know, um, how you dare you say that. Some people might feel that, uh, you know, fluttering in their heart. Others might feel a bit of a sinking feeling in their gut. But, but we've been doing this long enough to know that if you have not got people going in the same direction, they're pulling each other apart. And um, that's why we – and it takes a, a, a healthy, mature individual to sit down and, and have that conversation because ultimately it's about helping each person find their passion and, and pursue that with the least amount of resistance from the other partner. Yes, and I, I can say that I have experienced uh, some of those things in the past and, uh, you know, if different conversations had uh, been had in different ways, maybe things would have turned out differently. But so important that you, uh, you know, you support 100%, whether that means that you're in there hands-on or you're supporting 100% uh, from outside the business. So- yeah, and I, and I think just, just, just real quick on that as Rachel, I think that the, the best image that I, that I would want any of the listeners to think about here is, uh, you know, someone trying to make a donkey come up a hill, right? We've all seen those pictures, you know, the more you try and get the donkey to come up the hill, the more the donkey digs its heels in and doesn't go anywhere. And I think often what happens here is, and, and this is just a generalization, okay? But often I think it's the, you know, the workshop owner trying to get the partner, and I certainly think of like a husband wife, you know, often the husband trying to find somewhere for the wife to be in the business uh, and really, sort of dragging her or trying to drag her into the business thinking it's going to help or it's what they want to do when in fact what they need to let go you know they actually just need to let go and let you know their partner go and go and find their passion you know let them let them have their freedom go walk their own mountain the way they want to do it so just just another thing to consider on uh, on that particular point excellent okay what's our next insight well the next insight for your a grade alliance is you've got to have mutual goals Right. If someone sees uh, the future success, success of the business, meaning that they can buy a whole bunch of uh, uh, clothes uh, or a whole bunch of uh, you know stuff to fill their house, um, but the other partner sees that the future success of the business is going to allow them to invest in property or shares and, and you know intergenerational wealth. If those goals, i.e., if we're kicking at different targets, it's really hard to play on the same team. You know, we're we're just not helping each other score. So. Yeah, a conversation needs to be had around what do the people in that partnership see as being a win-win for each one of them. So, you know, are those are those goals, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30-year goals, are they aligned? Are you working for the same things? Are you wanting the same present, the same gift, the same reward? This is where we need to understand that, that we want to make sure that, that both people in that alliance are on the same train, they're on the right track, and they're going in the same direction. 
And again, that makes the ride so much more compelling, so much more interesting, so much more enjoyable, so much more fulfilling. So a conversation needs to be had around very, very clearly understanding, you know, what's the shared goal, the shared benefit, um, you know, the mutual outcome that both people want in their A-grade alliance in order to know that, hey, we're in this together and, and this is what we're going to get at the end of it. That's, again, just vital to setting up an A-grade alliance. Super important. Okay, our fifth insight uh, is all around having uh, clear KPIs uh, to which the uh, the members of the partnership are publicly accountable. Yeah. So in an A-grade alliance, uh, in the auto repair shop, you're working together, but you're accountable to, to one another as well. And go back to point one about you know, only one CEO, clear roles and responsibilities. It's the same here. You know, if you've got two partners, be it the, you know, wife, husband, um, business partners, other partners, whatever, each person in the partnership is still accountable to delivering a specific result, performing a certain number of tasks in a timely fashion. And that needs to be really, really clear up front that we're still here to do a job. We're still here to perform in a certain way. And no one, irrespective of uh, you know the position they hold or the status they have inside a business, is immune to delivering on the jobs, the tasks, the responsibilities they have. And if they're not being met, if those KPIs are not being met, then a very open, honest conversation, frank and fearless discussion needs to take place so some corrective action can occur and everyone can get back on track so that you're not spending time you know, wondering, worrying if your partner's actually doing the stuff that they've got to do, which means everyone else can get on and do the things that they need to do. And that's just the importance of, I think, of teamwork of knowing that everyone's doing um, the job that they're paid to do uh, in the time that it needs to get done so that everything runs really, really smoothly or as smoothly as it possibly can across a normal working day. And for our final insight, uh, my favourite part of being in business, rewards, we need to make sure that uh, the reward that we're each, you know, set ourselves up to work towards is meaningful. Uh, to the individual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, think about the old, um, uh, you know, employee uh, bonus programs or recognition programs. You know, everyone gets a fifty dollar voucher from Coles. Uh, most of it's probably done on petrol or groceries uh, on the way home. It's not meaningful. It's not personal. Nothing's. Yeah, you know, there's just been no thought taken to it. It's probably been bought because it was a, a you know, it was simple, it was convenient, and maybe you got a tax deduction. But the people you're giving it to, they understand there wasn't a real, there wasn't any particular thought or intention behind it. So this is super, super important is the uh, you know, being really, really clear on individual rewards. Now, uh, Rachel, you and I have had a couple of conversations around this over the last couple of weeks. Number one, it's really important to know, you know, well, are you rewarding yourself? Because we've known plenty of people that, that just work, put their nose to the grindstone, um, hit some kind of milestone, don't really celebrate it, don't really acknowledge it and just move on. And become, you know, burnt out from the, um, uh, yeah, from the process, or eventually blow up when they feel like, you know, they're they're just not getting recognised for their efforts. So number one is, are you rewarding yourself? Number two is, how do you want to be rewarded? Uh, again, as a, as a simple, uh, you know, analogy, uh, you know, everyone listening to this podcast, Rach, you love travel, absolutely love travel. So uh, you know, going somewhere new, um, learning something about the history of that place, uh, you know, really uh, really fills you up. Um, while I love that as well, um, I love 
I'm right into sport. I love football, starting to get back into golf. So, um, you know, if you were being, uh, how would I reward you? It would be some, uh, you know, trip somewhere or, um, you know, some book on some aspect of a historical figure or a historical event. You would, uh, you would really, really enjoy that. Um, you wouldn't necessarily enjoy so much come along to, you know, like an AFL grand final or a corporate box at a game. You'd go there, you'd have a good time, but it wouldn't necessarily be your thing. And so that's Correct. what we mean by enjoy, that's what we mean by enjoy individual rewards. You need to get to know people, as I said before, for more than the work they do. Yeah. What fills them up? What do they do, you know, when they're not at work? Are they into fishing? Is it fast cars? Are you into know, like football? What are they involved in? What are they involved in with their family? Do they have pets? You know, you can look around their, you know, their interests, friends, family, sports that they're engaged in, which gives you a pretty good idea of some of the ways in which you could reward your partner or even the people on your team in a way that is personal and meaningful to them. Doesn't have to be super expensive, you know, but it is incredibly touching um, and it is incredibly memorable because it just shows that you've taken the time to consider what that person likes and you demonstrate affection to them, towards them, in a way that, that you know, they really, they find very, very touching. And um, that's the fifth and final one is, is just make sure that you're really clear on when you've hit a particular milestone in your auto repair shop, um, how are you going to reward each other so that you're doing things that bring you joy? That's the, that's the ultimate key on that particular point. So I know that you, the listener out there, uh, will find those insights very helpful. But one more thing, uh, Dean, if we can uh, chat about it uh, before we finish today, is um, if our listeners are, you know, heard the insights and they recognise that perhaps they're not in a healthy uh, business partnership, uh, that also might mean they discover they're not in a healthy uh personal relationship. However, uh, what would be your suggestion for how to approach a conversation around the fact that the uh, the partnership has become unhealthy? Yeah. Well, I, I'm a massive fan of structure in a conversation, like not having scripts, but having steps. Easiest way to go through it is use, you know, use the spin methodology. You know, S is for the situation, P is for problem, I is for impact, N is for need. And you've always got to approach that, um, you know, from your own perspective. You can never put blame, you know, every in, a, in any relationship, be it um, business, be it personal, each person is 100% responsible for what they bring to the relationship um, or what they don't bring to the relationship. So in terms of having the conversation, I'd use, uh, you know, I'd, I'd use that spin approach. Um, but number one, it's going to be really, really clear that, that you've got to do the work on you before that. You know, if you're the one feeling it in a relationship, um, you know, go see a counselor, go see a coach, go do some courses around relationships, do the work on you uh, so that when you're sitting there having that conversation, you're not being overcome by emotion. You'll feel emotion. It's, it's you know, totally normal to experience those emotions. They'll be uncomfortable. Um, but so you can learn to manage those emotions better. Um, write down the things that you want to say beforehand so that you're, uh, you're not getting, uh, getting off script. And of course, you know, if, um, if, uh, uh, you know, the, the tension does flare up or emotions do get heightened, then just say, Hey, look, you know, um, I think we just need to take some time here just to cool down and we can revisit it. Uh, you know, um, and then you set whatever it is down another day or whatever it might be. 
But I think for anyone who may find themselves, uh, you know, who, who either are in or may find yourself in, uh, you know, in a healthy uh, alliance or, you know, business partnership relationship, there is no simple way around it. You've just got to have the conversation. Number one, you've got to have that very, very uh, long conversation with yourself uh, and people close to you that, that you trust their, their opinion, but also they have that incredible ability to keep judgment out of it. And, uh, and then you will need to have the conversation with, um, uh, you know, your other partner. Um, it's not easy. It's not simple. It's not fun, but it is entirely and wholly necessary in order for either person to release themselves from a relationship that is no longer working for either party. Yeah. And uh, I know that I can speak for both of us uh, in saying that, you know, sometimes, um, you know, dissolving a partnership. Uh, is the best thing for all parties and even for the business. We've both seen businesses absolutely thrive uh, in the wake of uh, partners going their separate ways. So don't be afraid of, uh, of you know, going down that path if, uh, if that turns out to be the best thing for you. But, Dean, uh, once again, a very, very insightful uh, episode of Whispering Loudly for our listeners out there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Talk soon. Thank you. And if you are out there and you have a question uh, to do with anything for your auto repair shop, then please email us at admin at workshopwhisperer.com with the subject line Workshop Whispers and we will answer your question on one of our upcoming episodes. Speak with you next week. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Platinum sponsor Podium and Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk.